friends, and welcome to my Heart to Heart podcast. I am your host, Kathy Jo Hart. I am a Christian speaker and author of God's Chosen Helper. Our focus is to discuss the hot topics of the day and how it relates to the Bible and the lessons through the love of Christ. Okay, I have a confession. I have sat on this episode for over three weeks thinking about the impact my investigative reporting would have. When I began doing the Heart to Heart podcasts, I wanted to present a biblical side to the topics of the day without the influence of politics. I don't want to be political, but in a world where everything is politicized, it is important to stay on top of what is happening in our world and how we as Christians are to handle these politically charged conflicts. What I have discovered is that truth defeats the devil. I decided to move forward with this episode because of how horrifically evil the trans movement is. As Jordan Peterson said, there is the truth, untruth, and anti-truth. And in the next two episodes, I'm going to report on all three that are being used to promote the transgender movement. Transgenderism is not new in our society. Over the past 100 years, medical doctors have studied these mental disorders that affect an extremely small percentage of the population. These studies have been extensively researched and peer-reviewed. But something changed in the mental health care industry that eliminated everything in 2013, especially the mental health care associated with transgender disorders. Was it Obamacare that forced an extreme change to the entire medical health care industry? Was it the World Health Organization globalizing medical codes that created these changes in the way mental health care was categorized and treated? Whatever it was, we are witnessing the devastating results of out-of-control anti-truth movements and skyrocketing increase of mental health problems in our children and young adults. We have a mental health crisis, and it seems the only solutions being offered to our children and young adults are pharmaceutical drugs, chemical castrations, body mutilations, or some form of human enhancement. Let's look at an untruth being pushed and promoted in the United States. First of all, the United States is medically way behind when it comes to transgender care in children. They are pushing puberty blockers, chemical castrations, and mutilating children in the thousands, while hospitals in Sweden, Finland, and the UK are shutting down gender affirmative care to children suspected of having gender dysphoria. Why? Well, because no one has medical knowledge of the long-term impact of puberty-blocking drugs. Europe has sounded the alarms to the dangers in pediatric gender affirmative care, and we are not listening. The famous Tavistock Gender Identity Clinic in London has closed their doors because Britain's National Health Service found that the type of care provided at Tavistock was, quote, not safe or viable as a long-term option for the care of young people with gender-related distress. Cited was poor data recording, poor quality control measures, and the unknown long-term impacts of puberty-blocking drugs that has resulted in over 1,000 lawsuits described as possibly one of the largest medical negligence scandals of all time. 
What do they know that we don't? One would assume that the puberty-blocking drugs that are being used in children have FDA approval for gender dysphoria. Well, this is false. The drugs used as puberty blockers does have FDA approval, but as a cancer drug for prostate cancer. The FDA said it's okay to use as an off-label drug, meaning they have no idea what the long-term impact these drugs will have on children. This is the main reason other countries have banned this practice. There are too many children suffering from the effects of these drugs. Many young adults are detransitioning and are now faced with a lifetime of health consequences. Here is another fact. Prior to 2013, doctors treating transgenderism required a minimum of one to two years of counseling to determine a diagnosis and treatment plan. Now there is no psychological counseling and the diagnosis requirements have been reduced to a maximum of three office visits through Planned Parenthood. And get this, children are being allowed to diagnose themselves. There are no conditions nor requirements other than to declare oneself as having gender dysphoria. Now there is an even greater push to eliminate the parents in the decision-making process. There are states around this country creating laws allowing children to transition without their parents' knowledge or consent. In the state of California, as an example, insurance companies legally cannot disclose children's medical treatments to the parents for affirmative care services. And fortunately, 16 states have now banned gender-affirming care for children, and the pro-trans activists are aggressively protesting these bans. Now, my children are all grown adults, but I remember when they began elementary school, there was a school program called Stranger Danger. I remember teaching my children that if an adult told them to keep a secret from their parents, to immediately run away from that person and tell us. We encouraged them, if they felt unsafe, to find another adult, a teacher, police officer, or whomever was nearby, and ask for help. We taught them if anyone touched them inappropriately or if an adult exposed themselves in front of them to immediately tell us. We taught them strong moral values. As parents, we had legal authority over our children. But today, the opposite is being taught in our public schools. Secrecy from parents is being encouraged to the point that if a parent were to oppose the school's authority about trans care over their child, the state can remove the child from the parent and home. That's just insane. Parents, are you willing to blindly allow your child to be stolen from you? Are you willing to allow your child to be an experimental guinea pig? Of course not. At least, I hope that's what you are saying as parents. This would be rightly considered pure evil. Transgenderism went from being about psychological identity to now being about subjective sexual orientation based on emotions. The one is considered a mental health disorder, and the latter is considered their subjective truth. But here is the truth about the transgender rights movement. This is a misogynistic, narcissistic movement. 
It uses compassionate narcissism to influence, demand, bully, and intimidate anyone who dares to object to this politically driven anti-truth movement. Do you believe this is a new concept? Nope, it is not new. The Bible warns us about the narcissist in the end times found in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 2-5, to and Paul wrote, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lover of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. Then Paul continues in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 6 and 7, They are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over weak-willed women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desire, always learning but never able to acknowledge the truth. Just look at who the trans rights movement is targeting. They are targeting women, biological women, mothers, motherhood, sisterhood, and marriages between a man and a woman. But why? Well, because we are the final line of defense for our children. What does Paul mean when he says weak-willed women? These are women who are emotionally immature, no self-control, pathologically narcissistic, and those who lack dignity. The Greek word that Paul used was gunaikarian. The translation means a foolish woman. These women get taken advantage of and are easily manipulated by an oppressor. An oppressor lies and uses tyranny to oppress thoughts, opinions, and words. These oppressors objectify women and children. Look at the current trans rights movement. They objectify the stereotype of what it is to be a woman. They wear wigs, paint on woman face. They wear costumes and fake prosthetics. They ingest hormonal drugs and get surgical human enhancements. They get feminization surgeries. They over-dramatize their looks, their actions, and their brand, and their over-the-top emotional behaviors, all the while enjoying their sexual fetishes, while at the same time highlighting their male bulge. They use tyrannical means to oppress thoughts, opinions, and speech. Girls and women are being forced to compete against oppressive, misogynistic men with the only prequalifier of psychologically feeling they are a woman. Women will be forced to comply with the oppressor's psychological demands. Biological women will be bullied, threatened, and beaten for their forced, submissive, silent compliance. We have already seen this in videos on Twitter, TikTok, and other social media. The oppressor will use mobs to stifle anyone who dares to object. We see this all around college campuses. In this movement, there is only one truth, which is their own anti-truth. But weak-willed women are also led to believe that empowerment is a self-centered way of life. 
my body, my choice, my career, my pleasure, my happiness, my goals, my fluid sexual orientation, my pathological narcissistic needs to be socially accepted and politically affirmed. You cannot tell them what to do, but they can tell you what to do. Sound familiar? I question anyone who believes others must be sacrificed to ensure their own prosperity. These are the true definitions of a weak-willed woman. Now, the devil loves to divide husbands and wives, too. No matter what station in life, there has always been a battle within because of the temptations of desire. The battle is for your soul. This battle destroys relationships, marriages, and families. It can even lead to war. The divorce rate in 2022 is at 50%, and 90% of divorced mothers have custody of their children. Mothers are raising their children in single-parent households. Now, do you think the devil knows he will be more successful in fatherless homes? Of course he does. And the proof is in the numbers. 72% of the U.S. population, absentee fathers are the most significant family or social problem facing America. 85% of children and teens with behavioral disorders came from fatherless homes. Over 70% of all adolescent patients and drug and alcohol treatment centers originate from homes without fathers. And the newest numbers in 2023, one out of four children are now identifying as having gender dysphoria. On the CDC website was a study conducted in 2021 about the mental health crisis in young women. 57% of young women, including teens in the United States, are struggling with their mental health. They are struggling with the feeling of being persistently sad 30% of these women have considered suicide, 24% planned suicide, and 13% attempted suicide. Now, according to the Mayo Clinic, these young women feel they do not have a purpose in life. They are trying to cope with emotional pain, anger, and stress. And this is where the devil thrives. He thrives in the emotional mindsets of confused and fearful people who have no self-control over their emotions. Oh, the devil loves those who lack emotional self-control. But here are some questions I would like you to ask yourself. How many families have God in their homes? How many parents read the Bible with their children? How many children are allowed to have autonomous use of their computers or cell phones? How many parents spend more time on their phones than they are present during their family time? How many parents are spending any amount of time in prayer or worship with their children? And one final question is, is Jesus Christ the head of your family? You see, this is what happens when you remove God from family and community. You remove purpose and hope. It is the promotion of the self, where truth is denied in the my truth ideologies. 
This is the narcissistic world that is being forced onto our children and grandchildren, gaslighting them into believing that everyone else is to blame and that everyone else is the narcissist. But as we have learned, those who are focused on themselves and believe the self is the savior, well, this is the truest definition of narcissism. This is the anti-truth movement our government, medical associations, education, and corporate offices are promoting. Do you want self-transformation? There is only one that can do this, and this requires humility. It requires repentance. It requires submitting your will to God. This is the only way to transform. The self cannot heal itself. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old one has gone, and the new one has come. This movement is all about tyrannical power. Who do you want to give your power to? Do you want to give your power to the devil? Or do you want spiritual power through the authority of Jesus Christ to fight these battles to save your family and your children? There is a popular saying, if you don't believe in God, you will fall for anything. And this is what the trans rights movement wants us to believe. They want us to believe in anything, which is really nothing at all. Well, next week, we will continue with our topic of transgenderism. We will talk about the hidden truths of the financial cost commitments of maintaining a transitioned life. We will talk about the truth of the hidden health dangers facing those who want to transition and those who have transitioned. There is so much the trans activists do not want you to know. But you know what? They probably don't know it either. The sad and scary thing about this is the unknown health risks. There is a reason why other countries have banned gender-affirming care in children. Bottom line, affirmative care treatment is not tested, and it is not a cure, nor is it safe. If you love your child, and I know you do, you need to get smart about this anti-truth movement. It is nothing more but pure evil. The only way to fight against the devil is through the divine strength of our Father God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus has already won the war, but we need Jesus to help us fight this evil battle. And one final point about today's podcast is remembering the history of lobotomies. We will discuss this in more detail in our next episode, but how many remember that in the 1950s and 1960s, there was a medical push to perform lobotomies on those with mental health problems? Do you remember why that practice ended? Because of the permanent brain damage and death caused by this barbaric treatment that time, research, and data proved to have caused horrific outcomes. We will talk about the similarities between the practice of lobotomies and the current affirmative care for children and young adults. So make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss future episodes. And we're going to end this segment as we typically do with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we are facing an evil that is unfamiliar to us. We ask through the authority of Jesus Christ 
to rid this world of evil that is trying to steal our children and grandchildren for generations to come. We pray for knowledge, for wisdom and discernment and how to combat this evil. We pray for protection for our families and we pray that those who are in positions of authority, that you will change their hearts to help save our children from this evil. Lord God, please protect our families. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 